We're bringing you all you need to succeed in the real estate business. It's Spilling the LT, brought to you by Lawyer's Title, telling you what it's really like to work in real estate. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Tamara Gady. I'm really excited about our discussion today. Is now the time for buyers? And I have with me a really special guest who's been a great partner and friend of Lawyer's Title. But first, if you like my content, you're really going to love my escrow team. So let's have a conversation about your title needs. You'll be able to contact me on any of my social media links that'll be posted in the comments below. I'm really excited to have Patty Newby. She is the loan designer, branch manager of Thrive Mortgage. And we're going to talk today about the market, is now the time for buyers, and we're going to have a really great conversation about appreciation and inflation, all the wonderful things that everybody's talking about with this shift in our market. So welcome to the show today, Patty. Thank Hi. you for coming. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you. We've had a really great pre-podcast discussion, so I know today's going to be full of value. We're going to have a lot of content for you, and it'll be great information that my realtor clients can use with their clients. So let's get, get, let's get the show on the road. Okay, I'm ready. All right, first question. Is now the time to buy a home? I think is a great time to buy a home um, for so many reasons. Um, yes, interest rates are up. Let's just put that right out there because that's on everybody's <laughs> yeah. mind. However... Um, the inventory uh, is still available. We are not having to compete with 20 and 50 and 200 offers. We are still getting into multiple offers, but home sales are still going on. So it's a great time to buy a house. We have to get the facts. We have to analyze it for each client and get the word out there that it is a great time to buy a house. Well, we've seen a lot of price reductions. We've seen some additional yep. inventory come on the market, less competition. So we've gotten those people out of the way, I think, that have really gone to sell their house that because they wanted to capitalize on the biggest gain that they could. Yep. Now that interest rates have gone up, they're like, ooh, I don't know that now's a good time to get out of what I'm in with my 2.5% interest rate and move to something higher. Yep. So talk to me, you know, before we move on to the next question, I got one in the middle uh, that I didn't tell you about, but I do that all the time. What when you're talking with buyers or your you have a team? Mm -hmm. So when your team is talking with buyers, what are some of the objections or challenges that you're having to talk through with buyers right now because of the changes in the market? So the biggest thing that clients want to know is what they can afford and what's the payment, and. I can skip around if you want me to, but you didn't tell me to follow, follow I, the script. So. I, I know I did, I did, and then here I am with the question so I didn't tell you about. There so we, are creative mortgage programs that we can do to help get the payment goals. And I will share with you that a lot of our clients, maybe like some of those listening, have debt. So it's up to us to ask the question, right questions, listen for answers, and come up with creative solutions. Like they may put less down. They may put more down. It just depends on what's going on with the total loan application. That's why it is so critical. And I know some loan officers out there give a client a rate sheet and a fee sheet and say, here you go. Yeah. We have not done that for, I don't know, seven years, 10 years, whatever, whatever it is, a very long time. We sit there and really analyze the client and get into a financial strategy to save them money on the interest 
hit their payment and help them gain net worth. That's what it's all about. Well, and that's that's part of the reason you're on the show today, to be quite honest, is because I bring people on that think the same way that I do, that feel the client service. It's not just about handing someone some paperwork no. and walking away. It's really about doing a deep dive into what their financial portfolio looks like. What can they afford? What can't they afford? Where are they with debt? Things like that. And so you're, the way that you treat customer service client service with your realtors, with your builders, and with your consumers is part of the reason why you're here. Because yeah. I know that you are a giving person and you're one that wants to add value to people. So I, I partner with people like you intentionally yeah. because we think the same way about those things. So kind of the answer to the question is what people are concerned about right now is what is their mortgage payment going to be? What's that payment going to look like? See, everybody's focused on interest rates and that's not really... It's not relevant. It doesn't matter... It's about what is your payment going right. to look like. Because what happens if you have a 2.5% interest rate, but your property taxes keep going up, or your home insurance goes up, and they both fluctuate on an annual basis, and now you can't afford that home. If you can't put your head on the pillow and sleep at night because your property taxes went up, interest rate is not relevant. It's part of the equation, but you have to look at the entire house payment today and prepare clients for that property taxes to go up too. And that is a huge concern in this it, yeah. because of what's happened in our market. We've had huge appreciation gains, and the uh, the the counties are like, "Well, hello, it's time to increase." Up. Yeah. But if you're not going over that detail, taking the time with the client and advising them up front, you're going to get the phone call a year later. Why didn't you tell me this? We don't have clients that do that because we prepare them. You know, for all of our super builders that we work with and clients building homes, we prepare them for unimproved taxes. Yeah, unimproved it, taxes on new construction is a big deal. Do. And PID, PUD, MUD, SUD, yes. all the things, right? So taking a really close look at what their taxes are going to look like is a huge yeah. big deal because people have life changes too. They have babies, they get married, they, you know, whatever the things are, their parents move in. And so their financial platform is going to change yeah. depending on what their personal situation is and not being prepared for those taxes cause people to, I mean, there's people that we hear about right now that don't know what to do because their taxes have gone yeah. up significantly and they can't afford their house payment anymore. And how do we help them proactively a year or two after they've been in the house, get rid of their PMI without refinancing? We have programs about that today. Just talked to a client about two weeks ago. I'm like, no, this is all you have to do. And that's just advice that we offer even after the sale is completed. So buyer, buyers that have completed a sale yeah. with you will call you later and say, I'm in this situation. Yes. Do you have anything creatively that will help me solve the problem? I tell a client, oh, now you're part of the designer family for life. <laughs> you know, you're stuck with us now, right? But that's part of servicing a client even a year or two later or five years later, just advising them in questions and really taking the time to ask, you know, what are you doing with your financial advisor? Do you have a good financial advisor? because sometimes people want to pay their home off. So we have a really cool program called Purchase and Refi Select. You can't afford a 15-year term, how about a 17-year term or a 22-year term? So we can go eight to 30 years. And I think that's one of the unique things that I hear from you all the time is the accessibility to programs that can solve yeah. consumer problems. Well, that's because Doesn't I'm matter with Thrive Mortgage, is. been there almost 11 years now. Have you? And we just have a great culture and a super company. It also allows us to do this. Well, let's dive into some of the questions I actually <laughs> did have on my script. Okay. <laughs> but I reserve the right to come back and yes. have something that Whatever. wasn't on the script. Um, okay, so let's mm -hmm. ask, have home sales fallen? 
Are we getting back to a pre-COVID market? Joe, let's yeah. queue up slide two, because or slide one, because that's really going to help everybody kind of see what we're talking about. So we've all heard conversations, oh my gosh, home sales are falling. We hear it on the media. So turn off the TV and ask the experts. Ask your realtor, ask your title company, and of course, ask your favorite loan team, the loan designer. But really, they have fallen. So think about what happened on the slide in 2020. 5.6 million homes um, annually in the millions, 506, 5.6 million. So a lot more than 5.6 million, 500 million, right? So yes, they have fallen in 2022, but after everybody got out of COVID, people went crazy, right? We wanted to get out of the house. We've been waiting to see homes. And so in 2021, home sales did go up. So we're just back to pre-COVID, absolutely. So is it a great time to buy a house? Yes. Is the sky falling? Absolutely not. So get the facts, turn off the TV, and, and then decide for your family, is this the right time for you to buy and sell a house? I know I have a own, my, one of my own family members is in the middle of building a house right now. Is this a great time to buy a house? Absolutely. Is this rate locked? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think that something you tapped into is really interesting because we all know during COVID, especially shelter in place, we're all sitting in our houses yeah. and we figured out that, oh, I needed a second office that became a really big design yeah. feature in new construction, or I need another bedroom or whatever it was, or I need another house separate from my spouse. <laughs> We've got some of that. Or I want to build a pool. But maybe it's not the best thing to go sink one hundred or two hundred thousand yep. dollars in your backyard. Yep. So call your realtor before you start remodeling your home, and let's ask some questions and do some research. Cause sales to go up. Yeah, a bunch of people had to analyze where they were at. It really made them kind of take a look at what kind yeah. of house they were in. But also, again, you know, we mentioned this already. Tapping into a super aggressive gain in the market. Yeah. A lot of people sold just because they wanted to capitalize on the gain. Yeah. And so all of that, that first slide I thought was really powerful because it did kind of um, make people analyze what happened in the last two years. It was super aggressive. Inventory was super tight. I'll take Broken Bow, for example. I was oh. looking at properties up there. So glad I didn't buy up there two months ago. Um, and I'm on a list of notifications for listings that go live or, and everything is a price decrease right now. Yeah. And so what's happening in other markets is very similar to what's happening in our market. People are realizing that things have shifted because of the interest yeah. rate increase. And, you know, you're having to pr become a little bit more reasonable now, people. <laughs> so. Well, and there was also a big shift quite a, a few months ago between second homes and investment homes, yep. too. Yep. So that's been an additional shift because, you know, Broken Bow is just beautiful. But, you know, clients weren't used to paying the differences uh, that have been impacted by second homes and investment homes, which was substantial increase to the rate. Yeah, you need to start looking. If you're looking at a second home or an investment home, you need to start looking at what pre-COVID numbers look like for occupancy rates yeah. because we're going back there. Yeah, but those interest rates have gone up on, even more on second uh -huh. homes. I, and it makes... It makes um, your cash flow or whatever your profitability is going to be on those properties, it slices and dices it pretty yeah. good. It yeah. slices it a lot. 
So I've kind of pulled back and decided that I'm going to let everything settle and before I look at it again. It's a great time to buy, even in Broken Bow. I'm going to talk about, in the slide three, I'll share with, yeah. with you why. Well, let's let's talk about, next question I've got is historically, how have home prices compared to consumer price increases? So Joe, bring up slide two for us so we can talk about the talk about inflation a little bit here. So everybody's worried about inflation, respectfully so. And everybody's worried about potential recession. Some people say we're in the recession. Some people say we're not. There's many different opinions on that. But the truth is, the last couple of years for realtors and for buyers has been really brutal. Um, I had a client, uh, one of my agents, a few, uh, four or five months ago. He said there were 380 people in a house and over 100 offers. That's brutal. And Wait it, a minute. 380 people went and looked at the house and it had a... Oh. Over yeah. 100 oh offers. Gosh, and, yeah. But we hear those stories yeah. all the time. And it is deflating to a client who's just he moved here for a job transfer or they need to move up, move down, or ready to buy a house. And they can't get a house and they put multiple offers in. There's some tricks we help to do that we have to help our clients. But we still probably had 20 clients or more just say, give up, I'm ready to buy a house. So. Yeah. Inflation is not good. Hopefully, we'll get that under the control. But the Fed increase that happened a little while ago, the 0.75, was actually good. The government has got to get inflation under control. If they don't, we will go into this recession. So that rate hike was to start to get inflation under control. But it's a balancing act. Mm -hmm. They're trying to slow things down. But if they slow things down too much, we will go into a recession. Yeah. But let's look at the facts. So if we look at slide two, what has happened in the last when there has been inflation? Home prices have continually gone up. And for our Texas market, I think we're especially blessed because even when other markets around the United States over the last 10 to 15 years have shifted, Texas has been relatively stable, even going back to 2008. You know, we didn't have the high highs and low lows. We still had lows, but we recovered very quickly because we weren't some of the other states. But if we look at this, even inflation times, home prices have continued to go up. Now, I know in uh, 2021, it says 18%, but in Texas, sometimes we're seeing 20 and 30%. Yep, yep. But the truth is, I don't like to see a 20 and 30% increase in appreciation year after year because it's squeezing out our first time buyers. You're right, it breaks my heart when we can't get them a home because you know 250 is so hard to get anymore. But if we are can continue to want what we've had and it's 10 to 30% inflation, think about the property taxes. No one will be able to afford a house. So we're just getting back to normalizing and that is a good thing. And for our sweet realtors that have had 100 <laughs> yeah. offers to look at, people going through the house, you know, there is still a national average of five offers per home. Okay. That's a great offer. 20, um, April 2021 to April 2022, there was still a 23% national appreciation. There is to be in 2022 alone, not 12 months, just this calendar year, there's supposed to be a 9% in, uh, appreciation rate. So do I think it's a great time to buy a house? Yes, I absolutely do. Well, and I, I really liked this slide quite a bit um, because I like seeing more normalized appreciation for the same 
reason that you just no. stated. One of the problems that have come out, has come out of the 2020-2021 market is that home, first-time yeah. home buyers can't afford homes. Yeah. And Texans were having a problem affording homes because yeah. Californians or the people from all of the place right. that have higher price point homes or higher standards of living were coming here with these bags of cash and they were beating out Texas buyers. Yeah. And so we need Texans to be able to afford Texans yep. uh, te houses in Texas. And we need our first time home buyers to be able to buy houses. Now, one of the things that, you know, I'm hearing right now in the marketplace is that institutional hedge fund buyers are coming up, coming in and gobbling up all the lower price point homes, right? The 350, and this isn't yep. on my script either, the 350 and below or 400 and below. And, um, you know, that's a big concern because that knocks out lower, not low income. I mean, that's not what I'm saying, Yeah. but, but a you know, the, the buyer that can't yeah. qualify for what is now a normal price point home in Texas, which is probably about five, four hundred, five hundred thousand mm dollars, -hmm. right? We still need houses below 350, 300, two, you know, we need houses yeah. in two, the 250 price point, but these big institutional and hedge fund builder, um, companies are coming in and gobbling them all up. I know. So that to me is pretty scary. Um, well, it is to me too. So most commercial loans, take your apartments, for example, are on five or 10 year arms. Okay. Rents from my understanding are going up between eight and 20%. They are. I, I'm a landlord and my property management company is encouraging me to raise it up. Mm -hmm. So if you have big companies that are buying 100, 200, 500 homes, are we going to get into rent price fixing in the future? I don't know. But is that a good thing when half a neighborhood a client wants to buy a home and it's owned by someone that owns 100 houses? I don't know. You decide. Well, I can tell you this. As a, a consumer, as somebody who right. lives in a neighborhood, I'm concerned about the amount of rental properties that are in my neighborhood. I agree. Because traditionally, landlords aren't capable of taking care of it. They don't take care of it like they do their own home. Well, and you know what? To build a community, when I was first raised in a home and we try and have this in our own neighborhood, we, we create a sense of community around the holidays and yep. whatever, right? And, you know, do you know your neighbors? Are you watching out for them if they have a package on the porch light or if they left the garage door open? Right. And, and I think that when you have too many rentals in a neighborhood, you lose that sense of community because someone's coming and going quickly. So... I, I like a... Well, and we're seeing builders start to create whole neighborhoods of rental communities. I mean, at first yeah. there was a lot of negative, uh, and I had a negative viewpoint of it as well, of, you know, why wouldn't they sell these homes? But, you know, it gives people a place to rent if they need to right. rent, and the, that's what the neighborhood is designed for. And those are great neighborhoods for yeah. that, right? Yeah. But just got to be a little careful because anything in excess, just like too much pizza or yeah. too much pie, yeah. is not a good thing. It's excess, right? Well, I like the fact that these appreciation numbers are coming yeah. down. I think that's going to shake some things loose for some, for our first time home buyers for yeah. our it, because it'll stop these sellers from selling their homes because they're trying to capitalize on these huge gains, right? Yep. It'll put a stop to that. They got their gain. Be happy. Here we are. Let's kind of normalize a little bit, right? Yep. Um, okay, so what are appreciation values predicted to look like this year, next year, et cetera? I thought this, I love this slide. So, um, Joe, why don't you bring up the next one so Patty can kind of go through it? So, again, it gets back to what we see in more normalized. If we skip back about a decade or more, Texas, historically, 
way back in the early 2000s timeframe approximately, we normally had about a 4% appreciation in the state of Texas, approximately. And I know areas, and depending on what price range home, it could be 1% in jumbo luxury market, but all we're doing is getting back to normal. And I think that feels good. It feels good for our buyers. It feels good for our sellers. And I had a particular client, um, he was trying to list a house about $1.3 million. I, I was not familiar with his realtor. And he gave up. He said, my house didn't sell in a weekend. Oh my gosh, we're going to have to retrain consumers now. We are. It's okay <clears throat> if your house doesn't sell in three days or three hours. Because if you're going to sell in three days or three hours, when you go to buy a house, you're going to have that much competition. Yep. I believe the average sales time nationally is 17 days. But what's wrong with even 30 days? Nothing wrong Nothing. with that. And if we slow the market down just a little bit, we can buy a house, and I think consumers won't have to pay a hundred or two hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars over, even on a half a million dollar house. So that's a good thing. Back to normal. I like that too. I'm my neighbor is my next door neighbor. I'm very upset with her right now. I'm very mad at her because she put a listing sign in her yard, and I don't want her to leave. <laughs> I told her I'm very mad at you right now. But, you know, we have a regular conversation because 24 hours after her house went live on the market, she was wondering why she didn't have any showings and why didn't she have any offers. And I said, here we go. It's time to educate my next door neighbor on how the market has shifted. And I said, and wow. we have a conversation. We had a conversation on day one, day three, day five, you know, and I said, it could be 30 days in this market before yeah. you get an offer. And Things okay. have shifted and that's okay. But you also have to listen to your expert, which is your realtor. Yeah. Because I still believe that some people are thinking, Ooh, I'll get a hundred or 200 over. I'm going to list high. You got to list right. You do have to list right. But you had to list right in that other market right. because if you overpriced, I mean, the strategy was listed according to what the market says it's worth. Then right you create that demand and you'll get those, yeah. the, you'll get those over ask, ask offers. Pricing the house right is always the yeah. right strategy, no matter what market you're in, because a house is only worth what a buyer is willing right. to pay for it. That's if right. you overprice it, you're not going to get any offers. And, and we have to listen to the experts based on the recent comps doesn't matter what happened in january it means what happened in your neighborhood potentially um last month or last week the market shifted so we have to pivot with that and listen to your experts well we saw this in 2018 patty we had a we had a not obviously not as aggressive as the last two and a half three years but you know i noticed that in 2018 we had a really um aggressive first second and into the third quarter yeah. and then it something stopped right and a lot of the conversations that I'm, I was having with my realtors are the same conversations that I'm having today with my yep. realtors. The co consumers don't understand what has happened right. yet. And so while we are privy to a lot of information within real estate because we are in real estate, it now becomes a heavy job yeah. for the realtor to help the consumer understand you're not going to get $100,000 over ask. Yeah. You may get five offers. It may be on the market for 30 days. You know, those sorts of conversations and consumers are like, well, my neighbor sold their house. Yeah. And that was it, last week. This is this week. And it shifted that fast. Yeah, it did. And well, so. And, and rates are shifting that fast. Correct. One day we're quoting a client six and a half, six and a quarter. And the next day we're locking them at five and a half. So it's very challenging right now to explain to a consumer that you quoted one rate to. We do it, but. It's still when it moves a half a point or a quarter point in an hour, 
you've got to get that rate locked in. And sometimes it's taking clients because maybe a client's not ready or they can't find the perfect house. Might take them a couple months to find a house. We work to keep them updated. Hey, we've had a half a point shift here, you know, and requalify them. But it's difficult when consumers haven't seen rates in the sixes or above for years, 2006 or eight. I do really feel for you and for my realtors because you guys are having to have some tough conversations right now about what reality looks like in this market. And it shifted so fast, you know, and it just takes time for consumers to catch up and they don't understand yet. And I, I, you know, kudos to you guys for being honest. It's the ones that say, okay, well, we'll do it your way because they, they want the business and then it doesn't work out. And so I'm the biggest fans of the ones who are honest and realistic with their clients. Be transparent and about what this looks like. It's so. about the relationship, you know. Even if you lose a loan, at least you can sleep at night because you told the client the truth. And it's like, this is this is not the right time. Maybe you're going to lose your job. Okay, let's let's just wait till things stabilize and wait a couple of months. Or again, go ahead and lock your rate while you're out looking, or figure out something so that they're comfortable and that you're being forthright always. I think that's going to serve you better in the long run, that's for sure. So do we think, I mean, I think we've already kind of covered this. When I was going to ask you, is Texas likely to drop in appreciation growth and to what? And so I think one of the slides kind of already covered that. Um, we were seeing 25, you know, 26, 27% appreciation, yeah. and now we're going to go back down to something about 9%. Well, and I did send you, like. I sent you another slide, so if anyone's interested in that slide with the um, United States on it, even in a recession, very unlikely that Texas drops. You know, it was highly unlikely, I think, is what it was coded as. But if you all want yeah. that, just email. Yeah. Just get on your social we'll media. We'll make sure that everybody has your contact Tamara information. Will send it to you. You got and, it. And look, we are really insulated here. And I yeah. noticed that. So I lived in Arizona from 03 to 09. I came back in September of 09. And uh, I worked for a group of financial planners. We worked with retirees. And so it was very difficult. (laughs) Arizona was one of those states that got hit really hard. It was. And let me tell you something. People were not shopping. Yeah. People were not eating out. There were sell signs everywhere. People were getting, going and buying a house and walking away from their other one because they were so upside down. Foreclosures everywhere. Yep. It, you know, the, the um, Western movies where you see the tumbleweed blowing uh, through the town and there's nothing. There was about eight states <laughs> yeah. that that happened in. And so that was, that's kind of the image that I get in my head when I think about yeah. that time. And I moved back to DFW. This has always been my home. And I was flabbergasted. I said, I have, I said it a million times. I said, if you didn't pop your head out up out of DFW, you would not even know there was a recession going on because people were shopping. There were new dealer tags on cars. Meaning people were buying cars. I mean, it wasn't, you know, just a free for all, but it was still a very robust market and it was a stark difference from what I came from. And so I think that it's important for people to, to understand that, yes, DFW, Texas, mm-hmm. we're, we've been insulated from a lot of what's happening in the rest of the nation. And I think we'll continue because we still have corporations relocating. Caterpillar Jobs, just made family, an announcement. They're coming. All sorts of reasons. There was another one. Golden Sachs, I think, is coming now. Um, TIAA is going to locate to the star you know, TI is building four plants up in Sherman. They're bringing 40, 30, 40,000 jobs up there. I mean, look, we're a robust market. Texas is a great state. 
Texas is a great state. So I, th I don't think that everybody needs to worry too much when you start. To, it is important to note that these are national yeah. numbers that we're yes. showing today. And so DFW locally will look different compared to what these I numbers are. I believe it will look stronger based on history. That's all we have to do is go by history. But it should be higher appreciation than a national average. But, you know, that's to be to be determined sure, sure. We don't have a crystal ball. Crystal I understand. Ball, right? I understand. You know, you've kind of tapped into this a little bit, and I do want to expand on this with our time that we have left today, because you do have a lot of creative products that will help realtors with their consumers and help your consumers directly. You tapped into the lock and shop program. We have a seller buy down program. I want you to talk about some of these things yep. um, and any other product that you feel like is super relevant in this market yep. that you're leveraging to help people. Do you want to bring up the lock and shop yep. flyer? Yep. So we put, uh, we actually have had this program for years, but we didn't need it. So we brought it back, refreshed it and in, in thrive style. We enhanced it, of course. <laughs> so it's called lock and shop. We can lock in a client's rate before they have a home. It costs $500. I like the six month lock and shop, but you don't have to go that long. But I like a six-month lock. It's $500, and we refund all of that money back to them as a credit at closing. Now, if they can't find a house in um, six months, we are going to keep their $500 because there is a real cost to that. Sure. But basically, it guarantees your rate. It costs you nothing if you buy. And if markets uh, drop, we float that rate down, too, to current market rates. So it's a good insurance policy. should give your clients some comfort. And also what it does is avoids fallout. What we call is fallout is we pre-qualify a consumer at a, or a client with five and a half or 5.75 rate and they blink and now it's six and a quarter. Right, right. Well, they're out looking. Now they no longer qualify for that home. So let's lock that rate in to give the client some comfort and then we can float the rate down and get a better house payment if rates drop. It's I know you don't have program. a crystal ball, but do you think rates are going to continue to go up this year? I think rates are going to continue to be volatile this year. I like that word, volatile. <laughs> because it depends what hour of the day yes. we get in. A recession historically brings rates down. Inflation brings rates up. The problem is we got both going on at the same time, yeah. so it's a balancing act. It's really important as a mortgage advisor and my team to watch the market, which we do hourly, and advise our clients when to lock and give them the comfort they need so they're not all stressed out that they're out falling in love with, you know, a $500,000 house, and it happens to be a Tuesday, and now they can't afford it Wednesday morning when they get the executed contract. Yeah, that yeah. breaks our hearts. I have no doubt whatsoever. I heard, some, I heard somebody outside of real estate say, I heard not, rates are going to go into the nines this year. And I said, well... Well, I, we've I seen seven on our rate chart. Yeah. We haven't locked anybody at that yet. Yeah. But the fact that it's on our rate charts, I haven't even seen that since 2006. But it's still a great time to buy a house. So I was looking at analyzing it for clients. What's the difference between buying now and buying then? So I ran this example. I know we don't have a slide on it. Um, but homes a few months ago, if you're out looking for a half a million dollar home, you may offer 570 on the home or 600,000. So let's just assume for the purpose of this conversation, you offered 570 to secure that home. And today, because there's not as many offers, maybe you only have to offer 500 and close in 14 days, which, oh, by the way, we do. So 
you're saving $70,000 on the purchase of your home. In other words, your loan in this example would be $63,000 of less debt. Woohoo! Yeah, that's debt. a big number. Absolutely. Now, rates have gone from fours to sixes. Mm -hmm. So just measuring over a five-year period, you would spend about $8,000 more in interest. Is $8,000 more in interest unfortunate? Yeah, but it's still a great time to buy a house. But if you take the $63,000 of less debt that you have, yep. minus the interest, you still save $55,000. That's a big number. And I'll take <clears throat> that all day long. And even if rates go back up to the sixes, okay, the low sixes, depending on the client's credit score, down payment, hour of the day. Right. Let's say you only save $30,000. It's still a great time. And it may save you money to buy now versus even a few months ago when rates were low. So... Love that. It's that's just the seller buy down pro product. No, right? that no. Is, that's just analyzing oh, okay. for clients whether they should buy now or is it cheaper to buy oh, now? Oh, yeah, I'm or sorry. Later? Yes, yes. Now, seller buy down. Yep. So the realtors that we work with, we try and help position further listing too. Uh, you've sent some great stats out. Thank you for, see for uh, sending that. It kind of opened my eyes on how many price drops are going on. Wasn't that interesting? I had her, oh. add, our, the person who puts those together, I said, you have to add price decreases and we have to have current. If, Goodness, you know, if, that yeah. was a lot. Yeah, I it was a lot. I think in Collin County alone, the report you sent me out for the last two weeks of June was almost 800 price drops. It's a lot. So I was working with a client. Again, I did not know uh, the realtor. This has been a longtime client of ours. And he was selling about a $1.3 million house, but this works with $200,000 or $500,000 homes. And I said, what's the first thing that I shared today was most important? Payment. Because rates have gone up, yep. it's payment. So that's what clients want to know about. Well, maybe your $1.3 million, let's just take it with a half a million, for, that's more reasonable. Maybe your half a million dollar house, oh, gosh, I can't afford that payment right now at, let's say, 6%. Okay, you can't afford it. Yeah. So what am I going to do as the seller to make my home more attractive for a potential buyer? Okay, I could drop the price twenty grand. That's going to that's going to have about a hundred and forty dollar impact to the client's house payment. But maybe what I do instead of take that twenty grand, and I use a seller buy down strategy where I'm helping them buy the rate down to high fours or five percent. Now I've changed their payment because it's not just about what a client or what a mortgage team can um, get a client approved for. You might be able to get it approved, but the clients can't sleep at night because they can't afford that payment. Mm -hmm. They really need a payment because of this. And we, we had this strategy um, for a client. They were a veteran, and they were taking care of their ailing, dying parents. And I said... We pre-qualified them, and she's like, we don't like that payment. So we got a little creative, and we used a seller buy-down, and um, we got them into a rate that they could afford. We had to bump the price and do some things, but um, she's like, she called me. She was crying. Oh, and, I bet you get that sometimes. Oh, yes. it's, yeah. it's a blessing, when you right, have a success. what we do. But she's like, this is the payment we want. And so we had a happy buyer. We had a happy seller. And we made that magic work by asking the right questions and using some programs. Some of these programs that I'm going to share have been around forever. Mm -hmm. But we, what's new, what's old is new again, and we've got to get out there and take the time to educate 
for the listing agents and buyer's agents and our clients to make all the magic happen. And that's what we do. Well, and I think you tapped into something really valuable there because what this program requires you to do is to work with the listing agent and the seller, which Mm -hmm. your client is typically the buyer and the buyer's agent, right? Yeah, Yeah, because we may not get anything for it. We're just trying to help the seller get his house sold, his or her house sold for what they're trying to achieve. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think that's a, it it requires, and and look, in this market, you've had to be very strategic Mm -hmm. and have a lot of conversations with your clients about what's happening, right? And so we're already trained to have an additional amount of communication. So this does require communication with with the seller and with the listing agent and with the buyer and buyer's agent to help understand what this product is doing to help both parties succeed in this transaction, well, right? And, it, and it's a little bit different. Hey, I'm selling a house and you know, you might be you might be moving out of state, right? Right. And you're like, why are you a lender telling me how to market the house to sell? So A, we don't do that. We just say, hey, here's a program and we we have a very good technology tool that says, hey, you can use this and if if any of your agents want to see the house you may want to share this with them. It doesn't mean they have to use us as a mortgage company. And um, the other thing is I have another program in the seller buy-down program. I don't have all exact numbers off the top of my head, but usually there's about a $50,000 swing at around five to $600,000 by using this. If a client has a payment goal of X and you use a seller buyer, buyer down, the seller buy-down, to get that same payment, they may not be able to afford your $600,000 house. They might have to go down to five fifty. dollars So the agent, the listing agent, and the seller are losing potential clients. And that's a big difference if a family is trying to get an extra bedroom, an extra office between a $50,000 swing and a house. So we're putting this together for the agents we work with. Um, and if you, if someone wants more information on it, you know, they can let me know. But And then the other thing is a 2-1 buy-down. So this is a program that's been around for years. We haven't used it much lately. But let's say your interest rate year on a 30-year fixed is 6%. Year one, it would be 4%. Year two, it would be 5%. And year three to 30, it would be 6%. And I had a client say, well, what's best? You cannot just do a blanket statement on what's best for a client. So some of our clients, many clients, have some debt. So what are we really doing those first two years? We're kind of creating a fake payment, right? It's artificially low the first two years. So what are you doing with that excess money? So if you're buying approximately a $500,000 house and we can save you five to 600 bucks the first month for 12 months, can you take that extra money and pay down your debt? Year two, can you pay down your debt? Is it possible year three to get debt-free or almost debt-free year three so that you can be comfortable in the house payment, but also you're freeing up interest rates. So you might be paying 6% year three on your mortgage, but gosh, now you're no longer paying 7 8% on your student loans. You're no right. longer paying 25% right. on your credit, credit cards. cards yep. But we're using the home as part of your financial strategy. And oh, by the way, if your debt's paid off, have you called your financial advisor? What should you do right, with that right. extra money? Because it doesn't have to be all or one. That's why when we go in and design a loan, we really take the time to design the financial strategy 
to marry up with what they're doing with the rest of their assets. Well, and I think that's a great place to stop for today. You know, that is that is kind of the golden nugget to leave everyone with. Now is the time for buyers to buy a house. It's a yep. great time to buy a house. But also, let's take, let Patty and her team help you take a really strategic look at what your client's financial platform <clears throat> looks like because she has a lot of creative ways for you to get your buyers into a home in a product that's really going to help them either with rates or with debt or a slew of other things that you know, again, can help solve your buyer's problems. So thank you so much, Patty, for being on the show today. It's always a pleasure to see you. And again, I really, really love that, that you think about things in this way. You take care of your clients. And so I have a big, big, big appreciation for you and for your team and our partnership that we share. So thank you again so much, you guys, you know, I hope you got some golden nuggets from the show today. I think we had a really good, great conversation that you can use with your clients. And so if you like my content, again, you're really going to love my escrow team. Let's get a talk going about your title needs. Um, again, our, our contact information will be listed below. So please feel free to reach out to us. Let us figure out how we can help you. You guys make it a great day.